Welcome to Unboxing Spiel Part 2 Kickstarter. This guy is not Sebastian Bleasdale. His name is Arachlis Gross. He's, uh, uh, he's from, a, I think it's a Turkish company called Ludicreations.com. He gave me permission to, to take his photo uh, as, long as, um, as long as it was only used in a classroom context. So I think this counts. Um, but um, uh, he said to me, uh, he, so he's a publisher. I was able to walk up to him. Actually, the reason I have his photo there and not a picture of his company or something is because he let me do it. The fact that you can just walk up to somebody at, at something like this and they are the person you need to talk to. He's the publisher. He's the decision maker. And I said to him, uh, are you taking meetings? And he said, well, my meetings have all been prearranged. So I, I'm not taking any meetings, but I mean, I can chat to you about this for five minutes, you know. So, uh, so he was good enough to do that. But most meetings are set one to two months in advance of the trade fair. So if, if you were going again, that's what you would do. And, and the trade fair, by the way, is always in October. For obvious reasons, it's not happening this year, but there is a digital version of Spiel happening. So you could, you could think about that. And, and actually now is, is not too late to, to start a prototype. Like the, the, the production cycle could be two years, but the prototyping phase, uh, a couple of months. It's possible to to actually get your your work in front of people who can who can produce it for you. Uh, this is what he said to me: the industry is becoming more and more professionalized. It's still possible to make it on your own, but Kickstarter is getting saturated now. It will soon be impossible to do this without a publisher. Okay, well that's a publisher telling me that. I don't think that's quite right. Now he he did start as an indie. Uh, he said in about 2012, um, and he and he is seeing those changes. I'm. I'm not seeing the, the, the dynamics of Kickstarter are not the same as the App Store, and I and I think they can't be. I'm, I'm probably going to end up eating my words, but but uh, um, anyway, his advice was: if you want to talk to a publisher, if you want to go this traditional route and not go Kickstarter, uh, send a sell sheet to the publisher via email, and arrange to meet one to two months before a trade fair such as Spiel. Right, so that, that that that's plenty of time. You already know that you're going to Spiel if you're you know you're buying your tickets one to two months beforehand you might as well meet the publishers then so I, I don't know if people are familiar with the concept of sell sheets um, I'm not, I don't know if sell sheets are just something that exists in this sector only uh, I had never heard of them before give us a quick a quick one liner on them well a sell sheet is this um, it's it's an A4 page basically telling uh, giving a synopsis of what the what the game would be right so you can see here uh this is a, a game of superpowered betrayal. You're an agent of the syndicate and band of five ruthless villains and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's the that's the, the world of the game, right? So this is like the movie trailer bit up here. How it works, a synopsis of the rules, right? So this is technical stuff down here. Components, well, you definitely need to tell a publisher that because they need to know how expensive it's going to be for them to make it. They're, go- they're taking the risk off you to, to go and manufacture this thing. They need to know that the pieces aren't made of solid gold and... And, and so on, right? So they, they like um, uh, they need to know what you're asking them to do, and the key selling points are there, right? So the, these are both uh, well, they're from this site, League of League of Gamemakers.com. Best I can remember, these these were sell sheets that were picked up by a publisher, and this is a prototype here, right? So this this looks like pretty much a game that you would you would pay for. So so does this one. I'm just looking at the bigger picture here, but look closely. Can you see around here? Telltale scalpel marks from an exacto yeah, looks handmade yes but very good yeah like make make it as well as you can as neatly as you can you know like don't hand draw it if you can use adobe illustrator but print it out don't glue it with print stick glue it spray mount 
don't stick it to a cereal box, stick it to cafe board. You know, these are all things you can buy in the art and hobby shop, but make make it as close as you can to the real thing. And then if a publisher needs to see that prototype, then you, you've kind of told them everything that they need to know. But there, there's not a whole lot of detail on this one. Uh, it still has the components. It has the features. It's not really giving you a great synopsis of the rules, though. If, uh, you know, if both of these were enough to get the meeting with the publisher, then then that's uh, they've both done their job, right? So that's what a sell sheet is. It's a one-page synopsis uh, presenting the game. Uh, something that you can mail off and you don't have to be present to explain it to somebody. Um, so Breaking Games is the publisher behind Cards Against Humanity, which is an extremely popular uh, card game. Um, uh, it's a it's a party game that forces everybody to be to to tell dirty jokes. Um, but um, it, it, that's that's one that's kind of crossed from indie to mainstream. I think if you can find a board game in a in a non specialist uh, shop and also not in a toy shop, I think you've definitely crossed into into the mainstream. So my my, my kind of marker is if I if I can see it in Hodges Figus, then it's it's transcended from indie to mainstream. Um, but this, this is from Breaking Games, right? So this game was designed by Luke Laurie, who, and he said he didn't want to handle the Kickstarter campaign himself. Now, he, I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to Peter Vaughn, the next guy. So he's the publisher. So Peter Vaughn, director of product development, demoed a, a spiel for Luke Laurie uh, during bookable sessions, one hour each, right? So you could turn up, and this is a really lavish production, right? This is, so this whole game is on a nylon mat. Uh, this is, by the way, this is the prototype. Uh, this This is not the published version. This was, uh, I have a, a QR code there that'll take you to the Kickstarter page for this. Um, so this this was a Kickstarter campaign last October, I think. So so it it, it, it might have been happening, it timed to happen at Spiel, or it might have just ended then. So they hadn't manufactured it. This is the prototype. Uh, but that's a that's a printed nylon mat. The, 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 the cardstock is, is the proper cardstock. The only thing that's not uh, equivalent to Final manufacturer are these plastic components here. These 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 trays that you're seeing here are 3D printed, and they're just uh, special trays for for holding only the the components that each player would need, right? So so it's if if you're if you're looking if you're looking at the equivalent of say digital uh, a digital project, um, like this is the user interface, this tray, right? This this is equivalent to good good user experience design, you know, like. That stuff could have just been loose on the table, but it's just better that it's in the tray. And and like those are the things that stop people. Those are the things that actually didn't just stop people uh, to have a look at it. Those were the things that stopped people and made them queue up for a bookable hour-long session. So Breaking Games, I think, already had a relationship with this guy. And uh, uh, I think so they trusted him, you know. So I think this would not, this probably wouldn't be your first game, right? This This... If you're going the Kickstarter route, this would be maybe your fourth game, right? But as you can see, they were looking for uh, 80,000 and they got half a million, a little over half a million. Uh, most people paid for the top pledge of $139, right? So it's it's worth having a look at that uh, to see that like $139 was not was not the, the, the minimum. I think the minimum was something like $69 or something like that. And and that gave you um, it gave you much less than you're seeing here anyway. But most people were, were happy to pay uh, top dollar for it, um, and that tends to be what happens on, on Kickstarter as well. Usually, the the bottom pledge is not the one that gets picked up. 
well, it depends how you organize it, I suppose. But anyway, so so if you're going with a publisher, there are two kinds of publishing contract that you can get. There, well, there, there are more than that, but the, the two main ones are this, right? So number one, you can negotiate a percentage of revenues, right? So that's five to 8% of the wholesale price. The, um, the percentage of MSRP, the manufacturer's suggested retail price, typically the range three to 5% of sales at retail. So break that down here. So percentage of revenues, what might that look like? Okay, so publishers will pay royalties on five to 8% of the wholesale price. Imagine a game retails for 30 euros, you're getting 5%, right? That's 5% is the royalty. The distributor buys it from the publisher for 750 and the retailer buys it from the distributor for 15 euros. So your royalty is 5% of 750, right? So that's 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 the the price that the publisher paid um or the distributor paid the publisher, right? Um so you're not you're not it's not 5% of 30 euros the 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 retail price. But if the publisher in this scenario prints 5000 copies and only 1000 of them sell in stores, you get paid for all 5000, right? So it's it's at this this first transaction that's where that that's where your royalty is is marked, right? Percentage of MSRP, publishers will pay royalties of three to five percent of of the uh, of the suggested retail price. So if a game retails for thirty and you're getting three percent, right? So the retailer buys it from the distributor for fifteen euros. The distributor buys it from the publisher for seven fifty. Same scenario as before, but your royalty is three percent of thirty, right? And if the publisher prints five thousand and a thousand sell, you get paid for a thousand. Right, so it would be up to you to to take a guess on how well you're likely to do, and then decide what's what's right. But the publisher at this point is bearing all the risk. It's if you break it down, it is kind of fair enough that they, that they get they they get paid this. But I mean, you're you're looking at at um, uh, these much much larger figures uh, coming in at the at the tills in the in the in the shops, and you're getting a tiny a tiny percentage of that. Right, so it may pay to self-publish right well and it, it, it may do right so like because you think you know i I've, I've put in all this effort and i'm not getting all that much for it um so i'll go the, the self-publishing route well there's a few things that you need to have in place if you're going to do that right so kickstarter i'm sure everybody knows what this is but just a, a brief overview of kickstarter uh, it's a crowdfunding site estimated to be the main reason for the current renaissance in tabletop games and i think when we when we, we, we think we're going back to about 2012 when we're talking about that rise. Um, so vendors set a goal figure to fund their projects and then launch a one-month campaign. I think it can be longer than a month, but typically it's a month. Um, customers make pledges using the credit cards, and if the goal is reached with enough pledges by the end of the month, the project is funded. Otherwise, the customers are refunded their pledges, right? So you have a month to try and meet your goal, your funding goal. It's up to you to decide if that's enough. Like, you you, you, you would have to do the projections and figure out that, like, if, if I get you know, 30,000 euros or 10,000 euros or whatever it is that you need, then that's actually enough to publish, to self-publish and distribute the, the this this thing myself. Like, where am I going to store all those boxes? You know, <laughs> like that's something that a publisher worries about. It's not something you normally worry about. But, but if you do Kickstarter, now it is. Do you have enough room in your house? Or do you have to pay for some storage? Do you have to, do you have to rent some warehouse space or something like that? So uh, you'd have to consider all kinds of things that you wouldn't normally have to consider if you were going with a publisher. However, everybody, including publishers, uses Kickstarter. So, so if you go with a publisher, 
the likelihood is that the publisher would expect you to be present on Kickstarter. Uh, this is from Breaking Games, and it was on a Kickstarter page, right? Luke Laurie just didn't want to be involved with any of the publishing stuff. He just wanted to make the game. But Kickstarter um, is something that the publisher is going to use because it's a really easy way to reach the audience. It's to, it's it's a way of kind of uh, notifying that you're you're, you're available. Um, uh, your work is out there now. Um, uh, why wouldn't they use it? You know. Uh, so it means that if you're self-publishing, you're up against designers and publishers with strong track records. So what do you do? Well, step one, make a prototype. Now that is that is what you um, that, that's what those those guys in the first slide were were, were doing. Uh, this is their game, um, and they did a really good job of that, right? Uh, but I don't think they got much further than than this at, uh, by by the time of Spiel. Um, next, make a trailer video. Right, so Kickstarter really, you, you, like you, you must have a, you must have a video. This is by the same company. This video goes on a while. Um, I'm not going to show you all of it, but this this video here uh, is by the same company that did Game of Thrones. Right, so there's there's a there's a really good Game of Thrones board game out there, and um, a lot of the help files have CGI trailers like this showing how. Um, how certain strategies can be formed and, uh, and and all of that, but it's a really good selling point as well. You know, like you could do this at home on your iPhone, but your thumb is over the card and your hand is picking the pieces out of the way. This looks a lot slicker when you when you, when you make that kind of a um, a, a rendered uh, animated video. Next, you've got to reach out to three hundred to five hundred relevant targeted email addresses announcing the campaign. And at this point, I might just ask, how many of you right now think you could do that? Man, that's hard. <laughs> Turning me into a marketeer, you're, you're basically forcing people to do this, do all the... It's hard work, isn't it? Uh, anyway, yeah. um, so, so um, but I'm, I'm actually curious because I've, I've given this talk before um, and I'm just wondering, is there anybody... Okay, so we've all got probably 300 to 500 people in our collective social media apps you know the various people that we've connected to on facebook and twitter and stuff like that i mean if we if you put it all together we, we can probably scrape together 500 people right some people probably have far more than that um but it's not just 500 people it's 500 relevant targeted email addresses as in they would be interested in board games at least would they be interested in science fiction board games if that's what you're doing you know, like, like, like that's it's the relevant and targeted part. That's the that's the tricky bit. So the, the these guys, uh, the bit of their stand that you're not seeing is about the same size as the bit that's on the other side of that table, right? So this is a about the smallest kind of stand that you can have. Uh, so I think this is about seven hundred euros to rent for the four days, um, not counting all of the banners and things that they've put up there, and not counting the furniture that they've added to it. So they they can seat one session at a time to play their game right and I, I, I did follow this actually it's at early 2020 and I did, I did I, I can't remember if they got the funding we could look it up uh, hiddengalaxy.com but um, I asked them what was the uh, you, you see you see there's, a, there's an iPad here on a on a mount over, over at the side uh, any idea what that is why that's there probably for collecting emails exactly uh, that's a, that, that's what I was doing, yeah. Uh, and I asked them how many emails they had collected. I think this was on day two or possibly day three. They said seventy nine. And um, so to get up to this five hundred, they weren't going to do that at at Spiel, right? So 
So I think I, I, you're not going to collect. There's too much noise at a at an event like this. This event is is best used when you've when you've already generated a little bit of of interest from somebody, be it a publisher or or the public online or or something. So I I, I don't know if you're going to catch. Or maybe maybe you would. You know, it depends what you're. It depends what 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 you're doing. You know, uh, it depends on the quality of the project, but. Um, but I, I put my email into this um, just so that I could be notified. But I, I, I didn't buy this from them. And, and actually, I was at the Kickstarter stand, and they, they, so Kickstarter themselves told me this. Um, Kickstarter had a had a stand here, so they said this is this is what you do. This this one is the linchpin if you're going to go your own route. Like, don't do it if you if you don't have this. Um, and if you don't have this, team up with somebody who does have this. Like you, like everybody can. I, I think knows someone who who has a really strong social media presence. If that can be leveraged to your advantage, then then go for it. But uh, going going to Kickstarter without this is 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 difficult. So you've got to treat your Kickstarter if you take that route as a precious thing you do once off, essentially, or it, yeah, you don't I, want it to fail. Well, well, I, I think yeah, you can you can certainly fail on Kickstarter and try it again. Uh, like it, it, you're, you're not cursed by, by doing that, you know, like the, because what happens is nobody remembers it, you know, like uh, it, it's not like, you know, you're, you're already to, you know, like the bigger they come, the harder they fall. If you're, if you're not that big to begin with, you'll, you'll just be forgotten about and you can use that anonymity to, to try again, I suppose. But you, you, you still need this, uh, like, like, or otherwise, the the, the campaign's not going to work. That, that that was the that was the, the the thing that they they repeated over and over to me. If you don't have that, just like you're you're wasting your resources. And 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 uh, sadly, I don't know how to get it. I'm terrible with social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm a total recluse, so uh, I I can't tell you how to do that. I could guess that you know if you if you take the give give get approach to to marketing. You know, having a podcast or something that that you give away for free that recruits that kind of an audience for you, then that would be a good place to start. But quality seems to out always here, so you need to talk to somebody more popular than me to, to, to find out how to how to get that. But that that's the most important one: the three hundred to five hundred relevant targeted email addresses. And you would say announcing the campaign, you might announce it three one to three months beforehand. Um, then just beforehand, reach out to reviewers and possibly send them a prototype. The Dice Tower board game geek. Oh yeah, uh, Will Wheaton's tabletop. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's it, it itself has gone through some uh, uh, kickstarters to fund that TV series, essentially or video series. Uh, yeah. So it, and and they're all there, by the way. They're they're all at this. Uh, they all they all have like. The Dice Tower Borgang Gate and all have stands at this. But good luck being interviewed at Spiel by them. Like they I think they find you, you know, or or you you've already, you know, they're among your three hundred to five hundred email addresses. Uh but like they they've you you've 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 been in contact with them probably three months before all of this, at least, and you've arranged that interview at Spiel. But being featured on their YouTube channels at Spiel is definitely the kind of uh, of traction that you're you're trying to generate, right? So, 
so then you're ready to start, right? So you run the Kickstarter campaign as community manager using the blogging tools on the Kickstarter site. By the way, if you are going with a publisher, the publisher is, is probably hoping that you're going to be that community manager for that month as well, because nobody knows more about the game than you do. So you're the best, most qualified person to 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 be present telling everybody about it. Um, Kickstarter's advice was um, once every three days is enough to update update the campaign during that month. More than that is spam, you know. Um, so so that that seems to work well for for anybody. And uh, and then then you're ready to manufacture it. Okay, so you get your funding and you manufacture it. And you would go with a company such as Panda. Uh, Panda had a relatively small stand at this. Um, Panda is a Chinese manufacturer they are the the biggest um manufacturer in the business they i I think produce probably the best quality as well and they are the cheapest for for you they're 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 the cheapest one you can go with they've a really good site as well they have this uh quoting app built into their site where you can um you can put in the components that your box would have in it, including the box itself. Like how big is the box? What cardstock is it made of? Um, how do you want it printed? Matte or gloss? Are there, are there plastic pieces or cardboard pieces? And all that kind of stuff. And it will give you an estimated price back. But you don't go to Panda unless you are doing a large run. So the smallest run that Panda will do is 1,500 units. And so, the beauty of that, that pricing system they've published everything they're not hiding anything are they literally it's the lowest cost for those volumes exactly yes yeah and and you can predict that and that's a great thing to be able to like like if you go back to the sell sheet um so really over these four days when i was at this i I just felt like i was untangling a big ball of wool so um the um the sell sheets uh where you put the component list on your uh, on the bottom of your sheet uh to be able to tell the publisher not only what the components are but also to be able to say, and here's how much that would cost on Panda. I think that would bump that up a little bit in a publisher's eyes as well. And then you ship the relevant package to each backer, right? So if you're familiar with with Kickstarter, the second screen it right now, and you'll get a you'll quickly get a feel for what it's all about. It's individual customers mail ordering something for delivery, so um, you have to ship it to them, right? So if you're not if if you're the publisher uh, and you're doing this yourself, you've got to store all those boxes somewhere. And then you've got to ship them somehow. You don't know up front is what the shipping costs are to each country. Uh, that's something that people on Kickstarter, like customers on Kickstarter, are generally willing to put up with. Going, well, I, I know you don't know what, what the shipping costs are going to be. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take a risk on that when the time comes. You could estimate that and build a little bit of, little bit of it into the price and kind of hope it works out. Um but uh, this company, Backerkit, helps you with that. There was there was a few companies like this there, but Backerkit uh, were the ones that were in partnership with Kickstarter. Their stand was right their, their stands were right next to each other, and they were sharing staff while, while, while I was talking to them. So they've they've, they've got a really strong relationship. And, and th- this guy here uh, in the photo, he works for Backer Backerkit, but that's his own Kickstarter campaign prototype on the table in front of him. I don't know about you, I I don't think it looks all that polished. But that doesn't matter because it got funded. You know, he, the, the, the fact is it got funded in spite of not being polished. And, uh, and that's the main thing. So, so it's, it's going to be like after this, he was going to polish it up and, and manufacture it properly. So he was able to, 
I mean, he work he works for a company that that can easily get hold of three hundred to five hundred people. So if you don't have these people ready to go, it might be worth offsetting a little, a few of your costs against a service like these guys. The way he put it was, he said, um, "You have to light the fire, but they will bring the petrol." So that's what they do, you know. So they they handle um, kind of the the during and after. Uh, Kickstarter campaign customer relationships, you know, so that, so largely they're working on the on the on the shipping side. You know, they're just managing the shipping costs and making sure that everything gets to people at the same time. I, I have heard people from Kickstarter say that you're never ready. Like when you think you're ready to start on Kickstarter, you're just not. And and there was a guy who worked at Kickstarter saying he he just automatically tells people when when they call him up for the first time, going I'm ready. He'll say, and they go, how do you know that? And he says. The, the one thing nobody has thought of is, have, have you prototyped everything? And they say, yes, of course. He said, have you prototyped shipping it? Have you practiced shipping it? And of course, nobody does that. And he says, okay, so here's what you've got to do. Find somebody that you know, who's far away, that can talk to you on Skype. Send it to them in a box, the way, exact way that you would send it to a customer, bubble wrap and all, whatever you're doing. And tell them not to open it when it arrives. That's if it arrives at all. And when it arrives, you arrange a Skype call and you watch them open it and just see is everything happening the way you thought it would. And that's practicing shipping, right? So that's a thing that I think a lot of people just wouldn't think of, right? So the roadmap then for you, whether you go publishing or not, right, is, you know, your, your prototype starts with you, then it's either your own crowdfunding campaign or a licensing deal with uh, with a publisher uh, or you go with Kickstarter, right? Then um, you go, you you choose a manufacturing partner because you definitely can't do that at home. Um, a Panda would be the one that I would recommend. And then there's a post campaign partner, which not everybody does, but it's a much harder job to do by yourself. And, uh, and Backer Kit is the one that Kickstarter themselves recommend. And then you're on to game two. Like, and by the way, I've got game two at the end here. If you've got a publisher doing this stuff for you, game two is here parallel to manufacturing partner because your end of it is done. If a publisher is doing all this for you, you're already onto game two. So what, what are the opportunities for you, right? So I'm going to come to the end of this, right? So, so what, what, what are the opportunities that are for you, right? Well, game design, well, duh, you know, like, you know, you're, you're here to design your own intellectual property, but that may be not what you want to do. That might not be your interest. Uh, you might want to be part of this sector, but you're not a game designer. So this guy was on, uh, I think his third game and he had done the whole thing himself. Now, he wasn't getting, he wasn't exceeding his Kickstarter goals the same way that um, Breaking Games, the publisher, is able to do, you know, because they just have more traction. They can reach more people um, from the start of a campaign. But he's still exceeding his goals by $27,000. Uh, his stuff's really nice, by the way, actually. Uh, yeah, Steamfall. Uh, have, have a look for that one. Thank you for listening to Unboxing Spiel. 